Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Welcome, everybody, to the first NFL offseason edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am flying solo, much like uh, I've done a couple times before. Uh, I had a guest lined up for tonight, but wasn't able to make that work all the way. So here I am later on on Tuesday night here and and just kind of rolling away here. The Super Bowl is done and in the books. The Los Angeles Rams are your Super Bowl champions, uh, giving the Detroit Lions the 32nd pick in the NFL draft because the Rams don't have a pick because they've traded all of them. And it paid off. Bold strategy for them, and it, and it paid off. They've paid a lot. They've traded a lot of draft picks for uh, proven players, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and Matthew Stafford <clears throat> coming into this year to, to kind of fix some of those things. So here's the fallout. From the Super Bowl, obviously the Rams, they win 23 to 20. Um, I'm not going to get into stuff about the refs. I think the Bengals had plenty of chances to put that game away. Um, they were winning 17 to 13 when Matthew Stafford threw an interception due to the fault of the Detroit Lions. And they only got a field goal out of that. And that was the last time they would score. They just, they couldn't block them. And when you can't block these guys, that makes things a hell of a lot harder. Uh, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is if he's on his back. And we've seen that each the last two years now. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, for my money's worth, Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, and Joe Burrow, by the end of this year, a top seven quarterback at the very worst, unable to do anything because they weren't able to block. And you got to be able to protect your quarterback. This is why back in April, I was arguing for the Bengals to draft Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. Now, I can't argue much against Jamar Chase. He was the offensive rookie of the year. He and Burrow have a special connection that will be together for a very long time in Cincinnati, or at least for the foreseeable future in Cincinnati. But that was my thought on that. The main talking point that has come out of Super Bowl Sunday is Matthew Stafford and whether or not he's punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame. And (laughs) it always makes me laugh when shit like this comes out because it's like he's like his career is not even close to over yet. He's still got four or five years left. Um, You know, he's got time to play longer in Los Angeles. We'll see how that Rams team is going to look here. Uh, Rumors Sean McVay might retire. Aaron Donald was talking about retirement before the game if they had won. Von Miller is a free agent. Odell Beckham is a free agent. They've got some key contributors that are not going to be around in 2022 and some that may, um, you know, there's some decisions yet to be made on that. But the Stafford thing, you guys know how I feel. The martyrdom of Matthew Stafford to me has been comical. And I know that those things have only gotten louder since they won the Super Bowl in his first year out of Detroit. It's just funny to me how that works. When Matthew Stafford is in Los Angeles, it's he won a Super Bowl ring. Quarterback wins. But when he was in Detroit and they stunk, it was everyone else's fault. So the quarterback wins argument that they're using doesn't count for when he's not winning. Which, you guys know me. 
Wins and losses, not a quarterback stat. I, I firmly believe that. And I do not blame Matthew Stafford necessarily for everything that went wrong in Detroit. The only thing that I have a problem with is this idea that Detroit was surrounding him with guys like me on the rest of the team. And that's not true. And Dominic Sue was there. He's a really good player. He's probably not a Hall of Famer. Calvin Johnson is in discussion for best wide receiver ever. Golden Tate was a really good player while he was there. They had guys. He just didn't play well in some big spots when he was there. Now, to his credit, he did play well when it mattered the most in the Super Bowl. But before that, not great. Like, what if the Bengals can hold the Rams to five sacks instead of seven? Then the Rams would have lost that game largely because of Matthew Stafford's poor play after the middle point of the second quarter all the way until really the last drive of the fourth quarter. Matthew Stafford has a long way to go in his career, but no all pros and people say, well, that doesn't matter. Like they've got guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and, and Tom Brady sucking up those words. Okay. So if you're a hall of famer, don't you think you should be able to have one of those in your career? And maybe he will down the stretch, who knows, but he hasn't had one zero MVP awards. Hasn't even finished in the top three. This year was supposedly the best year. Of his career. This year was the best year of Matthew Stafford's career by analysis. And he still led the league in interceptions. Now, granted, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Good for them. Good for Matthew Stafford. But Matthew Stafford is the same player in Los Angeles that he was in Detroit. He's very talented. He's a good quarterback. He is a high-variance passer that has the ability to keep your team in the game and the other team in the game. But if his career ended today, he should not be a Hall of Famer. He's never been top five at his position in his career. Things like that should matter. And when somebody says, oh, those guys that are, there are guys that are in instead of him that he's better than. Okay. Those guys should be in. Eli Manning's going to get in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't deserve to go in. Philip Rivers probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't deserve to go in. If you put numbers side by side, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan have very similar numbers. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. We have to have a higher standard for the Hall of Fame. These guys should be the best of the best. In my personal policy, this is just me. If I have to think about it, ah, oh, was he really a Hall of Famer? Then the answer is no. Then he's not a Hall of Famer. Like you should know, right? Away. Like Aaron Rodgers, bam, Hall of Fame. Four-time MVP. I know people are going to say, oh, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford have the same number of Super Bowl rings. whoop de frickin do Good for Matthew Stafford. He was able to win a championship and played well. Like game-winning drive against Tom Brady. Game-winning drive against San Francisco, game-winning drive in the Super Bowl. That stuff's all impressive. Matthew Stafford is still not in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers as far as legacy goes. I'm not, this isn't an Aaron Rodgers defense podcast. I'm just telling you what's true. Stafford shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He's got five years left to go. Richard Sherman was catching some crap yesterday because he tweeted like, does everybody get in? He doesn't have the accolades, blah, blah, blah. Number one, that's not hating by pointing out he has no all pros, no MVPs, all this stuff. That's just stating his resume. Are we going to put every single quarterback in the Hall of Fame that wins a Super Bowl that basically isn't Trent Dilfer or Joe Flacco, who we've all unanimously kind of decided stink or were lucky to be on those teams to win a championship? Is that the goal? That's not a Hall of Fame we should be worrying about. So for now, Stafford, not a Hall of Famer. The volume stats, you can miss me with that. This is the super live ball era. Passing yards are one of the easiest things in the NFL to get. 4,000-yard passing seasons are used to be unheard of. Like when Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards, that was incredible. But when he threw for 4,000 yards, 
take that back. He never threw for 5,000. But when he threw for 4,000 yards, that was seen as never going to happen again. Completely different now. Bad quarterbacks throw for 4,000 yards. Is Stafford good? Yeah, absolutely. I've never denied that. But the martyrdom of him, that everything that went wrong in Detroit was their fault and none of it his, nah, forget that. Because on the other side, the Cincinnati Bengals are just as crappy of an organization historically as the Lions. And Joe Burrow got them to the Super Bowl. And could have won. Could have won. Let's go to the Bengals part of it. Here's the angle that I found interesting out of that. Joe Burrow is kind of the sweetheart on my timeline now. And I understand it. I love Joe Burrow. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's got some swagger to him. I did wonder if they started winning, would he eventually become a villain? Uh, he hasn't. Obviously, they didn't win. Now he's kind of a, a sympathetic figure because the offensive line in front of him stinks, which they do. But after the game was over, even before the game, people were like, they wanted Stafford to win because Burrow has time and he'll get his one day. Well, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly were joking about it today on Twitter, and it was kind of funny. Also sad. But they did say the same things about Dan Marino when he lost the Super Bowl in the second season, the 49ers. He has time. He'll be back. And he never went back to the Super Bowl. And the Bengals this year, if you look at it, they're going to be looked at as, as a team on the rise. And, and maybe they should be. I don't know what their roster is going to look like. Obviously, between now and next year, we got a long ways to go for that. I imagine there'll be players in free agency to try and fix up some of their offensive line. Maybe add a few things. They should be adding a head coach, but that's beside the point. The Bengals, they're in an interesting spot. They lost eight games this year, if you include the Super Bowl. They won all of their playoff games by one possession. They could have just as easily been eliminated wild card weekend as they were in the Super Bowl. They were four and five in one score game, so that wasn't that bad. But there's a possibility. And they were 10 and seven. They were a 10 and 17 that won the division because the division kind of beat up on each other. And they're in a conference. This is kind of the Aaron Rodgers portion of things that we've talked about before. They're in a conference that includes Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, who for some reason everybody thinks sucks now. I shouldn't say everybody, but people have forgotten how good Lamar Jackson is. He's a former league MVP. Justin Herbert's in that conference. Aaron Rodgers might end up in that conference. That's certainly a possibility. There's a lot of team, and the Titans have been really good the last couple of years too. Get some health with Derrick Henry. Maybe Ryan Tannehill plays better in a playoff game, and you see what happens. Pittsburgh, if they had a quarterback, they could be back. They got a good roster. Cleveland, if Baker Mayfield can be healthy and play like he did two seasons ago instead of this year, maybe. The AFC's got a lot. of, And then you add in like Mac Jones and, and New England. What if they take a step? What if Mike McDaniel is the right coach in Miami and they take a step? Like, it's far from guaranteed that Joe Burrow will win a Super Bowl. Now, if you asked me and I had to bet on it, I would certainly bet that Burrow and, and the Bengals will win a Super Bowl together. But it's not guaranteed. And that was a missed opportunity for them on Sunday in a game that I feel like they should have won. And Zach Taylor was just atrocious, as he has been all postseason. I don't have a whole lot of love for that guy. But third and one, giving the ball to not Joe Mixon. Fourth and one earlier in the game, they gave the ball to not Joe Mixon. If you're going to run it, you give it to your best players. They didn't do that. And they couldn't protect him, and that was a big part of it. Topic three for the night. Do I feel better or worse after watching the Super Bowl in terms of the Packers? I don't know. I know that question comes up a lot. I think Green Bay could have beaten both of those teams. They already have. 
And I think if you add in like Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Kenny Clark against that Bengals front, like man to man, individual players, Aaron Donald is the best pass rusher of that group. He's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He's on a short list of three people that includes names like Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. That's impressive. After that, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, and Kenny Clark all might come up before you got to Von Miller. There's discussions to be had throughout that, but it's certainly possible. That Packers front would have eaten Joe Burrow throughout the course of the day. And then you have Jair Alexander back, who would have been two weeks healthier to cover Jamar Chase. And they already held that offense to 22 points in a game that really they were a bounce here or there away from kind of not having that game be all that close, but it was. The Rams, they had already beaten. And they would have played the Rams at Lambeau where Stafford has struggled and didn't play well when they came here in November. So I guess I feel a little bit worse after watching that. But Green Bay could have beaten those teams and they didn't. And it's another missed opportunity in a decade filled with a lot of those. What are the lessons of the Super Bowl for this year, if there are any? Well, I think the biggest thing is, number one, I know a lot of fans on my timeline are certainly getting to, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been vocal. I would trade Aaron Rodgers too. But there are people that want to see them kind of change the way that they build the entire team. Run the ball, play defense, have your quarterback be solid if unspectacular. Okay, when is the last time that team won the Super Bowl? I think I went all the way back to the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks. Those teams typically just, if you look at it this week, this year, championship weekend, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, the outlier is Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's a blocked punt and some other weird shit away from that being Aaron Rodgers. Would have been four stud quarterbacks playing on championship weekend. The prior year, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. Like how quickly are we forgetting the fact that, yes, it absolutely matters who your quarterback is. The Rams, I know, they run the Shanahan-McVay offense. They got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and they thought so highly of Jared Goff that two seasons later they traded two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. The 49ers got to a Super Bowl and an NFC title on a Cinderella run with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they think so highly of Jimmy Garoppolo that they traded two first-round picks and then some for Trey Lance. They are getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo after he played in the NFC title game. The teams that don't have quarterback play are looking for quarterback play. So that's the first thing. Quarterback play absolutely is going to matter. And Green Bay, if if Jordan Love is not the guy, should immediately begin looking for who the next guy is. If they do, in fact, move on from Aaron Rodgers or are told by Aaron Rodgers to move on from him. The other thing is you can never have too many pass rushers. You know, one of the equalizers for the Rams, the Rams lost a turnover battle by a 2-0 score. They turned the ball over twice. The Bengals didn't at all. Was that they were able to put pressure on Joe Burrow. And I know the Bengals offensive line was bad, but they still had Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. That's a really good group of pass rushers. And that's something Green Bay finally had this year. And maybe that's one of the most frustrating things of this playoff loss is that they had Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry was having a better year than he had had in his career. Zadarius Smith was back. They had guys that could get after the quarterback and harass these guys while only having to pressure with four. Cincinnati, Trey Hendrickson did some good things for them. They had some guys that were able to get pressure, but they didn't do it as much. 
that was a big reason that that Bengals offense, and they have, trust me, when you look at that Bengals offense, it's Burrow, Chase, Boyd, Higgins. A lot of sexy receivers in there. But if you can't block for them, it's not going to matter a whole hell of a lot. You got to be able to win in the trenches on both sides of the ball in the passing game. So for me, just kind of thinking ahead as far as the Packers, what are some lessons on that? You're probably going to have to get rid of Zadarius Smith. I think that's almost a certainty at this point. From there, you got to add guys. Whether that's in the first round of the draft, whether that's a couple. You know, I know when people say, well, like a few years ago when they took Rashawn Gary, they said, what'd you do that for? You took, you had both Smith brothers that you gave big money to. This year was why. We just didn't get to see it. You can never, ever, 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 ever have too many pass rushers. I remember a team years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles won a championship and they rotated guys like four by four. They'd have a completely second defensive line come in. The same was true with those Giants teams that beat up on Brady in the Super Bowl. They had an ability to just rotate their guys and keep them fresh. The Packers need to be able to do that. So when you talk to me about needs they have in the offseason, yeah, they're going to have one at edge. Even if they bring back Whitney Merciless and have Preston, Rashawn, and Whitney to go with some of the other guys. They're going to need somebody else in the pipeline to get them moving. George Kalarftis, uh, Johnson from at Florida State, Trayvon Walker, whomever. And we have plenty of time to discuss those things. And they need a guy in the defensive line as well. Because pass rushers on the D-line, they have Kenny Clark. Lowry had a nice year, but you don't anticipate him having that good of a year again. And they lost Kingsley Kiki this year. And that was a big-ish, like a little big blow to their defensive line because he was their second most talented guy there, and he's the only one that really had upside as a pass rusher. Maybe TJ Slayton does. We'll see. But I think that's another big one. It doesn't matter how many receivers and stuff that you have. If you can't block for guys and your defense, it doesn't matter how many small guys you have if you can't rush the passer. You guys have seen the clip by now. Jalen Ramsey is one of the three best corners in football. And if Joe Burrow has a split second longer, he throws a touchdown pass to Chase to beat Ramsey to win that Super Bowl. Aaron Donald, of course, as he did throughout the course of the game, saves the day. It's good for Aaron Donald. It's good for those guys. I know people say Aaron Donald's a dirty player, and I know he's on you know TV a lot choking guys, and I'm not condoning that. What I will tell you guys is, you don't, you also don't know all the things that happen to him on a play by play basis. Now, that doesn't mean that stuff happens to everybody. Not everybody's choking, guys. But I understand it. And to be a great defensive player like that, you kind of have to be wired a little differently. Lawrence Taylor was wired differently. Reggie White, in a different way, was wired differently than these guys I'm talking about. And those are the three greatest defensive players that have ever played football. 100 year history of the league, three greatest players ever Aaron Donald, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor argue with a wall. You can have a discussion with everybody else about everybody else. So that's my biggest lesson from the Super Bowl. Hit the quarterback. What's the old buddy Ryan quote? Quarterbacks are pretty boy bastards and they must go down and they must go down hard. So Green Bay, find some pass rushers. And I think you have your quarterback and that'll go to my next bit of news. And that's the report from over the weekend. And it kind of emerged Super Bowl Sunday, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams will be, um, returning to Green Bay in all likelihood. And it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to get a $45 million extension offer. And assuming he wants that, Devontae Adams will be back as well. My take on that, you guys know by this point, I would not, I would trade Aaron Rodgers and I would kind of reboot this thing. Um, but that's the way, 
that things are going to be. So I think that going through that, the point is now to analyze this team through the lens of they want Aaron Rodgers back. And I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. So there's really not a whole lot of point in talking about what I would do. Cause it really doesn't matter. The Packers don't care what I think and they shouldn't, but I do want to talk a little bit about what that might mean as far as what the Packers um, are going to need to do once they bring those guys back. So my final topic of the night, I just wanted to address the news and kind of move from there. So you're bringing back Devontae Adams. They're going to play salary cap gymnastics. I'm not a cap guy. I don't pretend to know the cap, and I don't think anybody does. Russ Ball's job from there is to make sure that the Packers can get things done. What the Packers cannot do, in my opinion, is just bring this team back from last year and say, okay, this team was good enough to win. Let's do it again. I believe they should be looking to add players from the outside. I think they should be uncomfortable with some of the things they've done in the past. And I've stood up for them, you know, when they didn't trade a second round pick for Will Fuller or for Robbie Anderson in the past or something like that. But I think those are things they should do now. If you're going to be fiscally, financially irresponsible and put all your eggs into a two-year basket with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and this team, then that second round pick isn't going to mean as much. You know, you could have traded a third round pick for Evan Ingram. Again, would I have done that in a vacuum? No. But in a stretch where you're, again, kind of irresponsible this way, that's what you need to do. So Rob Gronkowski, Akeem Hicks, players like that. Can you get guys like that to come to Green Bay? There should be no stone unturned on something like that. And the reliance on a younger player, that's kind of been the default in Green Bay for a while, is when in debt, like Josiah DeGuara, I think, is an example. Green Bay, eventually, they lose Robert Tunyon, and they're relying on DeGuara to be their tight end at the end of the season. And that's just not something he should be suited to do. He's not going to stretch the seam. He's a limited player. Green Bay should have been looking to add. And maybe they did, and they didn't find the price they're liking, but I think they should be a little more aggressive. And I'm not saying they haven't been aggressive enough or anything like that. But if that's the route you're taking, Andy Herman of Packaday has talked about this bunch. Go all in on your all in plan or go all in on your rebuild, whatever your plan is, but you need to be all in on that plan. So that's my advice for the Packers going forward. Go get as many people as you can. A shorter show today. Uh, thank you guys for listening all season long. I'll be here all off season. We'll be talking about a bunch of different stuff. Maybe we get the Aaron Rodgers news before next week's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westdorf and you could find me and the rest of our work, Game on Wisconsin at Game on WI's draft season. Everything's starting. I'll be talking plenty about the draft this offseason. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.